Welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. We do have everyone on the planet on this podcast. <laughs> All five of us. <laughs> Coach Shane, how are you doing? Good, good. How's everybody doing? Good. Dr. Steph? Hello. Welcome back. How are we doing? And Nicolas. <laughs> What's up? Dr. Nicolas. <laughs> and Dr. Miss, how are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. So we want to go to uh, the main topic today is tips to improve running efficiency. Shane, what is efficiency? Like, what is it? What, what do you, what is it? Well, when we're thinking about efficiency, um, Want to look at more at the the science side of it. We're looking at how much energy expenditure uh, is occurring during running, and at the same time, one of the other measures we can do off force plates is you know how much force is going into the ground, how much is being returned to the mm-hmm. body. But for the most part, no one really has, unless you're in a research setting mm-hmm. or in a professional setting, to have access to those type <laughs> measurements. Force yeah. <laughs> a force plate and a metabolic cart. Right. You know, just kind of like running at the seat of your pants, going outside, running efficiently is running that hurts less. Mm-hmm. There you go. And uses less energy for the same amount of running distance wise, time mm-hmm. wise. So does that mean mm-hmm. faster? It can. Can. It yeah. can mean faster, but it doesn't necessarily mean faster. Could mean further or longer. Further, longer, less energy required. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can think about uh, being energy efficient. If you, you know, burn X amount of calories yep. over 10 minutes and you only get one mile. But then let's say you keep working and improving and then you burn, let's say, less amount of calories in the same amount of time. And now you're going a mile and a half. Yeah. You became more efficient. Yeah. So you want to become more efficient overall as a runner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so, Doctor Nick, the biggest question around the table: How can somebody run more efficiently? Uh, there's a lot of things they can do to improve their running efficiency. Taking a look from the ground up, starting with the foot strike pattern, whether their initial contact is on their heel or more midfoot or forefoot, is going to change it. Because if you're more on the heel. You're going to have more braking patterns, which means your leg is going to absorb more forces. You're going to slow down, and then you're going to have to reapply those forces to pick back up speed when you go to launch your other leg through. So heel striking is a bad thing? I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you're trying to be make your running more uh, efficient, then heel striking usually leads to a higher braking pattern, higher braking forces. So then the other option is like, or like on your toes or your midfoot, right? Mm-hmm. Have you guys tried running on on midfoot or forefoot? It's tiring. I think I, it, it's not. I feel like if if you yeah, it's a big change. change. Correct. Unless you started running that way as a kid, which is we can go in the whole debate whether like shoes cause this or not. But you know, if you haven't done this before, it take it's not an instant overnight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried it and we run, we work with a lot of clients and I think the fastest person to ever do it was in two sessions. Um, and, and Nick and I work with this oh, person. Nice. Yeah. And, and it, it takes reps. It's not something that just comes natural. So, uh, if you've ever tried it, don't ever, uh, let go of it, you know, just keep pushing. So, um, okay. So we said foot strike location, Dr. Marissa, what else? Um, 
We can go uh, one more on foot strike, and mm. it's how far in front of your body your foot strike is, mm. right? So if your foot strike is way out forward in front of your body, mm -hmm. where you're first hitting the ground, then that's like Nick was saying, it's going to have more breaking force, and you're going to have a lot to overcome that. <laughs> Versus yeah. if your foot strike is kind of just in front of your center of mass, mm -hmm. um, then you're a little bit more efficient that way. Got it. So. If, so if you reach far out in front of you, you're automatically like heel striking, right? Like mm -hmm. the, that, so they kind of go hand in hand. So I, I think that's good mm -hmm. to know. So if you do one thing, it already gives you more bang for your buck, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the, the location. Uh, I think but, for all the nerds, for all the right? nerds listening to the podcast, it's all about vectors and math, right? So if you're if you're thinking about a vector and it hits the ground and you're forced back into your body is backwards, uh -huh. slowing you down. Yeah, it's not efficient. Yeah, right. So if we're talking about efficiency. Not hitting your, your foot really far out in front of you is mm -hmm. going to be more mathematically efficient. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and Dr. Greg said the same thing. It's like you're just braking. Yes. If you reach out in front of you, you're, you're like slowing down Slim and then speeding up. Yeah. Slowing down and then speeding up. So that, that makes sense. Nerd out on that. When you're looking at the vectors, <laughs> if you look at, all right, if there's more horizontal force, yeah. how much more force now is that shear on the knee? Oh, my goodness. Oh, now that's like, shear. now we're so just, that's now too much. Now we're further up the chain. <laughs> Join up. And one easy way for, for those that are not sports scientists and things like that, just the easiest way to do it, grab a jump rope. Ooh, uh, I like that. Shane. Up and down. If you can't jump rope, that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretend you're pretend jumping. Pretend you're jumping. Just pretend yep. you've got a jump rope and just hop up and down. And that feeling of where your feet are and how your feet land, that's... Mm -hmm. More or less what it should right. feel like. That's where your support your is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Light on your feet. And then, you know, just to kind of go back with what Nick was saying with the heel strike thing, try jumping rope with heel strike. No. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Toes up, full dorsiflex, and try jumping rope that way. And you'll feel the difference of that impact. And that will, you know, really quickly change how you perceive what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And if we're talking about running efficiency for injury prevention purposes, mm -hmm. I mean, that gets rid of so many injuries right there because there's a lot of injuries that happen just because there's no absorption and it, the heel hits the floor hard or the ground hard mm -hmm. and goes out up into the knees or right up into Force the hips. goes into the joints mm -hmm. rather than through the muscles. That sounds painful. But the cap yeah. of that is... The force just doesn't disappear. Yeah. Rather than loading the bone and the joint itself, now we're loading the musculature around those. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see those people that do transition to that forefoot, midfoot strike. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're going to get sore. Yeah, the muscles are going to take the brunt of what the yep. bones were doing before. In the immediate term, <laughs> yeah. it's going For to sure. hurt. There's going to be an adjustment period. Yes. It's, you know, that long-term effect, you have to keep doing it, and that adaptation that comes further down the line, that's going to be, you know, that thing you're looking yeah. for. It just, it takes time. So it's so also... not only hard, but... Yeah, that's exactly You're it. also going to be more sore for a little while. Yes. I think that's important for people to understand. It's like, one, sure. one, you're building a new pattern, right? You're learning how to walk again or run again, right? Yeah. And then also... You're gonna to have to pay to play because now your muscles that are that weren't active before now you're using a whole different set. Mm -hmm. So that that's really good to know that it is normal to be more sore in some areas and that you're not doing things incorrectly. Yes. So um, I think that's good. So okay, so we talked about foot strike, uh, which is very very important. I think that that helps you. Um, but I think this th this can go on to another layer, right? Dr. Marissa has a passion for running now. I feel like and. <laughs> Um, and, and Dr. Nick too. So, you know, the 
they both had recently put on a um, or putting on a uh, workshop. But Dr. Nick brought up a good point of cadence. Um, wh- what is that, Dr. Nick, and, and how does that affect running more efficiently? Cadence is uh, steps per minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> earlier we talked about, or Dr. Marissa said, when you're jumping out weight in front of you, you're going to have more braking patterns. And when you're more underneath you, you're not going to have as many braking patterns. But if you have a faster cadence, which is more foot strikes, you don't have the time to launch the foot way out in front of you. It's going to kind yeah. of like most really efficient or elite runners don't increase like their running times by longer steps. They incur more frequent steps. So yeah. they increase their cadence. Yeah. Uh, it is that just like you run faster? Is it the same? Faster turnover, yeah. It can lead to running more faster, but yeah. not always. <laughs> I guess the, the, one of the ways to kind of create a mental image there is a piston, like a car piston going straight up, straight down. How much distance does that piston have to travel, you know, as opposed to a pendulum? So we're kind of talking about that swing way out mm-hmm. front. Mm-hmm. So now we have to have that pendulum go up, forward, it comes down. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing with the pendulum. The more distance it goes forward, it, the more distance it has to come back. Mm-hmm. Kind of right sure. So... You know, if you let that leg trail a little bit longer and it hangs there, well, now it's going to have to come back. forward yeah. so much more. Yep. So now that the distance that your foot is moving is a little bit greater than it would if you're just concentrating on that piston straight up, straight down, or relatively straight up, straight down. So does it mean you have to have a longer stride or a shorter stride? Shorter stride. It'll be a shorter stride, higher frequency, just like what Dr. Nick was saying. With less propulsive and braking forces. Whoa. Almost just less braking force, more propulsive. Right? Less. Oh, okay. Got think, it. So think about this. If you can, and for those of you that are listening, you just kind of do this, you stand up, yeah. and think of your center of mass being your hips. Yep. Just push your hips slightly forward of your feet. Yep. Don't take off. Don't jump. Don't run. Just lean forward. Yeah. And make sure you don't fall. Catch yourself. Yeah, be careful. Stick that foot out, right? <laughs> but in that moment when you stick your foot out and you land, you're in one of the positions or the poses that you find yourself when you run. Yeah. Right? So in, in this, it's not necessarily using those propulsive forces, but what if we can use gravity to actually pull you forward? Mm-hmm. And all yeah. you're doing is, with every step, preventing yourself from falling. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so with that little bit of that lean can change. A little bit of yeah. lean so forward. So part of where the uh, efficiency comes from, less yep. propulsive forces, like what Dr. Nick and Dr. Marissa were saying. You know, but at the same time, if you can position your foot to land under you uh, a little bit more so than sticking out, well, that force is going to continue forward because nothing's stopping it. So Correct. You have to have that forward lean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep going forward and you're basically supporting yourself as you move over space and not break. So if you increase your cadence, uh, is that, that is more efficient, right? We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So um, is that difficult to do without increasing, you know, your energy expenditure? Because for me, I tried increasing my cadence and I felt like I was winded. Um, it just felt like more work. It just didn't feel as natural to me. And I think maybe some people, some people in the audience might have that same feeling. How do you, how do you increase cadence? Like what are some recommendations you guys have? Or what's, what's the top end? What, at what point does cadence? I think with all these adaptations, you're going to get tired at first. You're going to get more tired. You're changing everything. You're changing the way that, you know, you're mentally, you're using more energy, figuring out how you're going to do this. Um, like Shane said, the muscles are going to be used a little Mm -hmm. bit more when you're changing the pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, but you'll adapt. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you just, it, so it's reps, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we want, we want a, a he, not a heel strike 
and we want a faster cadence, mm-hmm. right? So uh, someone, I forget who it was, brought up, you know, what's an ideal cadence and then how do people track that? Um, Dr. Marissa, what do you got? Yeah, so ideal in theory would be about 180 steps per minute or 90 right steps per minute uh-huh. if you want to only count one leg. Um to be able to track that, there's a couple of ways that you can do it. Some people prefer to use a metronome and mm-hmm. try to make their foot mm-hmm. uh, step with every metronome. Uh, if it's set at 90 beats per minute or set at 180, mm-hmm. uh, some people will use music and they'll find a playlist on YouTube that mm-hmm. has it already. It's already got a beat of either 90 per minute or 180 per minute, so that they crazy. can track their steps on that. That's cool. I didn't know that yeah. existed. Yeah. Or you can just or count. Or you can do it yourself. Yeah. 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 Or you can or just count. count. Right. Yeah. Kind of pump up songs. Yeah. So that's a couple different ways that they can like look at look at their cadence, count their cadence, and keep it on track where, they, where they're trying to hit. Okay. So when... Yes. Watches out there that are tracking this stuff now, too. Probably. Are there apps? Like, I yeah, guess there, there are apps. apps. Yeah. Um... Okay, so then you just kind of put in what you're desired in, and does it have like a metronome, like a beep, or how does that work? Uh, I haven't used any of those apps. I use mostly like a metronome or, you know, categorize my music based on, you know, beats per minute. I think music probably sounds like the easiest thing. Just like go to that beat. Yeah, just move with the rhythm of it, and if you Mm -hmm. can categorize everything within a certain range of, you know, beats per minute, then you can go ahead and use that as your running tempo. I, I, the problem I would have is like with music, I just want to move my hips. So I would be moving, like, <laughs> I'd be moving side to side, That's not forward and backward. That is not efficient. So uh, for for you dancers out there, be, be beware of that. <laughs> you might use an app or something or count your your right strikes. Um, okay, so then the third component that we wanted to talk about was strength, right? So uh, if I become a power lifter, is that gonna make me more efficient, like running wise? Like, or is that is that a thing? Is that no? That's not what we're talking about. If you get strong, <laughs> no. Uh, well, okay. So you have some runners that are like quad dominant, some runners that are you know glute dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think knowing that what you are, you know, if you're if you're a runner and you're listening to this podcast, you know, everyone kind of knows whether they're quad dominant or, or glute dominant, and knowing that there's other muscle groups out there that can help speed you along, mm-hmm. um, but also. Don't forget your arms, too. Mm. I mean, if, especially if you're sprinting. Um, a lot of people forget that your, your arm pump um, can help a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, pumping forward and backwards versus, like, side to side. A lot sure. of people mm. yep. um, waddle or swing too much. And that's great if it feels good. But if you're looking for running efficiency, it's probably not the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah waddlers. Yeah. runners. <laughs> and, and Shane, because you do so much uh, coaching and, and training, um, what's your priorities when you work with your runners or those who are looking to become more efficient? Like, what's the purpose of the strength? Well, for, for one, when you're thinking about absorbing your body's force when you step, right? So we have like an eccentric movement that you body, your body has to learn how to absorb that force. You can use that in the same thing in training. Think about doing a negative squat, learning how to control that, slow that stuff down. At the same time, uh, finding ways to incorporate full range of motion movements because running only uses a very small range. Sure. So if you can only move at like 50% of a joint range, yeah. well, how much of your running is using that? But if I have 100% of my joint range, For sure. my running is more efficient because now I'm only using like 15 to 30% possibly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's this, that has sometimes a negative uh, view within mm-hmm. running. I think that if you people perceive that if they get strong or they get stronger, they might slow themselves down. 
Um, but I think that there's a balance, right? Yeah, you don't, you don't always. Yeah. yeah. I like strengths for these athletes because running actually breaks down your muscle fibers. Uh-huh. And the only thing known to build back up the musculotendon units is strength training. Yep, huge. So over time, you don't have to be a power lifter, but you can lift <laughs> a couple of days a week yep. for about a half hour, full yes. body strengthening movements. So, what, okay, so say you don't run efficient, right? We talked about all the strategies. Uh, if you don't run efficient, like what happens? Like, is there, is there something bad? I mean, are you more at risk for injury? Uh, like, what's the negative side of it? In addition to not running as fast as what you want or as far as what you'd want, uh, you can injure yourself. Sure, right. Whether that's knee pain, ankle pain, back pain, hip flexor tightness. Mm-hmm. Anything else I'm missing, guys? <laughs> just, even say? from just a, an energy standpoint, you're probably going to be using more to overcome that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to eat more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, it's not the best use of your time. Right. No, if you're going to run no. for 20 minutes and you ran, uh, you know, a mile and a half, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you feel exhausted and there are simple, simple ways that you can run two miles within that same time slot and not feel as fatigued. And that's that's the, the truth of what we're trying to target here is that how, how do you get the best use of your energy and not waste so much of it and put yourself at risk for injury? Right. So um, any other consequences of not running efficient? What do you guys got? That's pretty much it. Sums it up. Yeah. 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 So run efficient. Just go run. Do it. Yeah. As uh, Coach Shane, uh, he's a he's a natural born runner. He runs yes. like. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode uh, from the whole team at Sports Performance. Uh, happy training and stay healthy. See you guys later. Bye. Later. See you guys.